morning. Today is November 22nd, 2020. Uh, we are beginning uh, Joshua chapter 8 today, so if you'll open up your Bibles to Joshua chapter 8, we're going to be looking at submission today. So as we think about the S words for the book of Joshua, uh, chapter 1 was support, chapter 2 was spies, chapter 3 was span, chapter 4 was stones, 5 was sacrament, 6 was strategy, last week chapter 7 was sin, Good morning, Sherry. And today, chapter 8 is submission. So I've got a story I'd like to read to you as we begin Joshua chapter 8. Good morning, Kathy. Great to have you joining us. So there's, a, there's an old story, uh, and maybe you've, maybe you've heard this story before, but uh, I'm going to share it with us uh, this morning. Hi, Julie. So the captain of the ship looked into the uh, dark night, and saw a faint light in the distance. Uh, he promptly sent a message. Uh, immediately, he told a signalman to send this message. Alter your course 10 degrees south. Hi, Leanne. Hi, Leanne. Promptly, a return message was received. Alter your course 10 degrees north. The captain was angered. His command had been ignored. So he sent a second message. Alter your course 10 degrees south. I am the captain. Soon another message was received. Alter your course 10 degrees north. I am seaman 3rd class Jones. Immediately the captain sent a third message, knowing it, the fear that it would evoke. Alter your course 10 degrees south. I am a battleship. Then the reply came. Alter your course 10 degrees north. I am a lighthouse. In the midst of our dark and foggy times, all sorts of voices are shouting orders into the night, telling us what to do, how to adjust our lives. Out of the darkness, one voice signals something quite opposite to the rest, something almost absurd. But the voice happens to be the light of the world, and we ignore it at our peril. Today we're going to be studying Joshua chapter 8. It's all about submission. As you'll remember last week, chapter 7 was all about sin, the sin of Achan, and how does that sin impact the hearts and lives of not only Achan himself, but Joshua, the children of Israel. We looked at the paths that sin goes down, and it's a rough course for us to go down. However, we can be assured that if we repent of that sin, there is blessing and favor to be had by the grace of God. Conversely, once you have a people like Israel who have repented of their sin, they did take care of the sin problem that was in their midst. They, they stoned Achan to death, and he was no longer a part of the group. And once you have a group of people that are now able to move past their sin and submit themselves to the mighty hand of God and what he can do to and through them. Today in Joshua chapter 8, we're going to find out how can God handle a group of people that submit themselves to him. Good morning, Julie. It's good to see you too. Thanks for joining us. So today, as we understand Joshua chapter 8, God wants you to submit yourself to him. Last week when we saw chapter 7, we saw the three paths of sin. Today we're going to be looking at the three paths of submission. The three paths of submission is we submit ourselves to God. In verses 1 and 2, the first path of submission is that submission leads to acceptance. It leads to acceptance. The second path of submission, verses 3 through 29, 
Submission leads to achievement. Submission leads to achievement. The third path of submission, verses 30 through 35, submission leads to adoration. Submission leads to adoration. Now, as we begin, this word submission is oftentimes uh, very negatively viewed upon in our society. We don't really like this word or idea of submission. It often gets a bad rap. And what I'd like to do as we start this is explain what is submission. What does submission mean? Biblically, what does submission mean? The word in Greek When Paul uses it in the book of Ephesians, for example, it has the idea or connotation of a military term where one voluntarily places themselves under the authority of somebody else. Uh, in, In the military, it's used quite a bit because in the military, if you don't listen to your superior officer, you have a really rough time. And you have to voluntarily place yourself under the authority of your commanding officer and do exactly what it is he wants you to do or you have a really rough time. And also in the Bible, when we talk about submission, we are voluntarily placing ourselves under the authority of somebody else. And in Ephesians, for example, Paul gives three different examples of people that we can be submissive to under the umbrella That is, that we're to be submissive to everybody. You're supposed to submit to me, and I'm supposed to submit to you. It's a broad umbrella idea that all believers are supposed to submit to one another. It's not supposed to have a bad rap. It's not not supposed to be bad or mean or, or awful or wild or wicked. It's a voluntary placing of oneself under the authority of somebody else. And Joshua here in Joshua chapter 8, he is going to, now that he's dealt with the sin in the camp, he and the people are going to voluntarily place themselves under the authority of the Lord. And now we're going to watch what happens. Remember last week in chapter 7, they sinned. Achan did something that he wasn't supposed to do. And as they went out to try to take Ai, they had a rough time. They didn't take it. They lost. They lost some men. It wasn't good. Joshua couldn't figure out what was wrong. Turns out there was sin in the camp. What happens today in Joshua chapter 8 when they try to take Ai, now that they've submitted themselves to the mighty hand of God? Let's read these first two verses of Joshua chapter 8. Now the Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. Take all the people of war with you and arise. Go to Ai. See, I have given into your hand the king of Ai, his people, his city, and his land. And you shall do to Ai and its king as you did to Jericho and its king. Only its spoils and its cattle you shall take as booty for yourselves. Lay an ambush for the city behind it. So, as we think about Now, what is Joshua going to do? He's seen the destruction of what happens when sin enters the camp. And the Lord is going to come to him and remind him to be submissive to him. God has this all under control. He tells Joshua, don't be afraid. Don't be worried. This is very reminiscent of chapter 1 before Joshua even started any of this campaign. Telling Joshua, it's going to be okay. I'm going to take care of you. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. This is what I want you to do. And Joshua 
accepts what the Lord tells him. Notice he doesn't argue with him. He doesn't give him a big fight. He doesn't throw a tantrum. He doesn't say, well, Lord, I really couldn't trust you the last time. I thought for sure we were going to have this in the bag and you let us all down. He didn't make any excuses. He didn't put up a fight. He accepted what the Lord told him in spite of what had just happened to him. Sometimes in life, we go through tough times. We go through trials, heartache, heartbreak. Things don't go our way. Maybe you were praying for something and it doesn't happen the way you wanted it to happen. Maybe God told you no in a prayer. And now something else comes along and you're thinking to yourself, well, Lord, I don't think you did a really great job answering my prayer the last time. I don't. I just am not sure if you're going to do it this time. I had an incident like that happen to me this week. I was praying for something very specific on Tuesday. I got a big no. Can you believe that? Me, I got a big no. You know, the Lord didn't want me to have that on Tuesday. And does that mean I should stop praying? Does that mean I should stop trusting? Does that mean I shouldn't accept the Lord? Does that mean I should just write him off as as not powerful, as unable, as unequipped? Should I assume that he doesn't like me anymore? Should what should I believe about this or or do I accept the fact submitting myself to the Lord in his mighty hand that he's able to do whatever he wants to do and I continue to have faith even when I don't get my way. It's very powerful for us to understand that it's important to voluntarily place ourselves under the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ and do exactly what he wants us to do without arguing, bickering, complaining, murmuring, nothing. No excuses. We accept the rule of God in our lives and what he wants from us no matter what even if we just got told no about something yesterday. It's okay to be told no. And Joshua learned that lesson. He understood how important it was to accept the Lord and what he wanted to have done. And so they're still going to try to take Ai. They still need to go after Ai. This isn't over yet. Yes, the other day they lost Ai and they couldn't handle it. There was sin in the camp. God didn't give his blessing and they lost. Got it. Try again. Attempt number two for Joshua and the people of Israel. So Joshua rose, verse 3, and all the people of war to go up against Ai. And Joshua chose 30,000 mighty men of valor and sent them away by night. Now I'm not going to read the whole thing. You can read this on your own. But here's what ends up happening. Joshua has this plan. He's got three contingents of soldiers. And in verse number 3, he sets 30,000 men of war uh, in ambush to the west of Ai behind the town. Out of sight, out of mind. 30,000 men. In verse number 12, he sets 5,000 as a defense between the the ambush of 30,000 and the main army, which makes up the third contingent, the rest of the army with Joshua as bait. So here's what's going to happen. This 30,000 is in ambush way behind to the west of Ai. We've got 5,000 between the city and the ambush. And then we have Joshua as bait up front. And so Joshua is going to sit up front. He's going to draw out the city. All of the inhabitants of Ai are going to see Joshua and they're going to say, hey, we can lick this guy. We got him last time. Let's go get him. So the whole city comes out of Ai, drains the whole thing. This 30,000 is going to come in and they're going to ambush it. And as soon as 
they try to come back and save their city, 5,000 more are going to jump out and prevent them from getting back to the city so that that 30,000 can just wreak havoc and burn this whole thing up. And Joshua's plan goes amazingly well. It's amazing. When Joshua submits himself to the Lord and does exactly what the Lord tells him to do, there's achievement to be had in the submission. This is something very important that we all need to understand in our own lives as well. I've entitled this message, The Joy of Submission. Now, we learned when we were doing the book of Philippians that joy is the byproduct of obedience. The only time we can have joy in our lives, real true joy, is when we are obedient to what we're supposed to be doing, typically with God, but it also manifests itself in our interpersonal relationships. If I'm supposed to be submitting myself to you and I don't do that, I I try to be a little higher than you, I don't like you, I don't respect you, or whatever it ends up looking like, we have a lot of interpersonal problems and it just becomes a nightmare for a lot of people. This is why there's so many conflicts in life, because there's no submission to each other. We're like this captain in this lighthouse. I want to think that I'm the captain of this ship and I'm this battleship and I need to be in charge and you need to move because I say so. Meanwhile, there's a lot of lighthouses out there, and they don't move. And I need to, even though I think I'm the big captain of the life, I need to respect and submit myself to even the lighthouses out there. And that's okay. And when I do that, the joy that comes in my life is amazing. Because I am submitting myself to others, to other people in my church, to other people at my workplace, to other people in my family, to my neighborhood, to co-workers, all kinds of people I can submit myself to. And when Joshua submits himself, when he does what the Lord tells him to do, in the way the Lord tells him to do it, without sin in the camp, there's able to be found a great deal of achievement. We can achieve so much together when we're able to submit ourselves to one another, when we voluntarily place ourselves under the authority of each other. And we don't get upset. We don't make excuses. We don't start calling out each other. We don't start murmuring, crying, or complaining about what's going on. We can find joy and achievement in that submission. Joshua finds this in a very real way as he takes the city of Ai. Notice he doesn't deviate from the plans. He doesn't deviate from what God wants him to do. He doesn't come up with his own ideas. He doesn't come up with what he thinks is going to work better. He doesn't say, you know what, I think 30,000 for this ambush is quite a bit, Lord. I think I think 20,000 would work way better because I'd rather have 10 more thousand in my contingent. There's no wheeling and dealing like this. None of it. The plan is this, and this is what he does. And he finds the achievement in the submission. We as people have to be able to submit ourselves to the Lord and what he wants us to do without making all kinds of excuses or alternate plans or or, or anything else like this. No amendments to the promises of God. When God tells us that we have to accept Jesus by faith, We need to repent of our sins. We don't add anything to that. We don't start 
making this our own faith. We don't start just doing what we want to it. We don't say, well, I think I should be baptized too, you know? No, don't add nothing to it. Well, I think if I did this, I'd be all right. No, don't be changing the rules. Well, I think that if I gave more money, God would love me more. No, don't be changing how we do things. The rule is grace by faith in Christ alone and the finished work of the cross. That's it. You repent of your sins, which hung him there in the first place, and that's it. And you find achievement in the submission, and you accept what he's told you to do without changing the conditions of everything that's going on here. We follow through, we submit entirely and perfectly. And then as we as people submit ourselves to the mighty hand of God, we accept his rule in our life, we place ourselves voluntarily under him, we find the joy that comes in that obedience, in the submission. And in verses 30 through 35, something wonderful happens to Joshua and the people. Verse 30, Now Joshua built an altar to the Lord God of Israel in Mount Ebal, as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded the children of Israel, as it is written in the book of the Law of Moses, an altar of whole stones over which no man has wielded an iron tool. And they offered it on burnt offerings to the Lord and sacrificed peace offerings. And there in the presence of the children of Israel, he wrote on the stones a copy of the Law of Moses, which he had written. Then all Israel, with their elders and officers and judges, stood on either side of the ark before the priests, the Levites, who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord, the strangers as well as he who was born among them. Half of them were in front of Mount Gerzim, and half of them in front of Mount Ebal. As Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded before that they should bless the people of Israel, and afterward he read all the words of the law, the blessings and cursings, according to all that is written in the book of the law. There was not a word of the of Moses had which Moses had commanded, which Joshua did not read before all the assembly of Israel, with the women, the little ones, and the strangers who were living among them. So as Joshua finds victory in his submission to God and doing what he wants Joshua to do. Joshua has accepted this submission. They find victory over Ai. They find victory via God in being submissive to him. And as they find this, this welling of joy, thankfulness to God, ends up as worship to him. And they adore with adoration to the Lord his blessing in their life. I suppose that they might not have found this so cleanly, so plainly, so openly, had they not submitted themselves first to the Lord and done what He wanted them to do. But because of their submission, because of their obedience, because of their acceptance, they find achievement which leads them to adoration, and they worship the Lord. They recognize that the blessings they have, the victories that they achieved, had nothing to do with their own effort or their own merit, their own goodness, their own strategy, their own training. Everything they have, everything they achieved came as a result of the great and mighty hand of the Lord. And they gave Him praise, honor, and worship as a result. I challenge you guys as you submit yourself to the mighty hand of God, and you're accepting what He wants for you in your life, and you find that achievement, that joy that comes from being submissive to Him, I want you to start thinking about 
when you become worshipful with God as a result of these things. How many times in our lives have we found victory? Have we found blessing? Have we found and seen the mighty hand of God in our life? And we didn't worship Him. We didn't give Him the thanks that He deserved. We didn't give Him the recognition and honor and respect that He deserves as a result of blessing us in our lives. Joshua rightly recognized that the victory of Ai had nothing to do with their own strength. He rightly recognized that it was God Himself that brought this victory, and they worshipped Him therefore. The blessing and honor that we have in life as believers in Jesus Christ has nothing to do with our own efforts, our own goodness, our own merits, our own efforts, our own energy. It has nothing to do with what's inside of us, whether it's in our heart or in our mind. None of what you can do can bring you to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. You cannot build a better mousetrap. It's not going to happen. The penalty that you owe God for your sins has already been paid for on the cross. All you have to do is repent of those sins and accept Jesus' death on your behalf and believe that God had raised him from the dead as full payment for your sins. I don't want anybody to leave this earth, face a holy God, and have to pay for their own sins. The punishment is a real place called hell when you could very easily have repented and accepted Jesus here and now before it's too late. Driving down a country road, I came to a very narrow bridge. In front of the bridge, a sign was posted, Yield! Seeing no oncoming cars, I continued to cross the bridge from the other direction, and to my surprise, I saw another yield sign posted. Curious, I thought. I'm sure there was one posted on the other side. When I reached the other side of the bridge, I looked back, and sure enough, yield signs had been posted at both ends of the bridge. Drivers from both directions were requested to give the right-of-way. It was a reasonable and gracious way of preventing a head-on collision. When the Bible commands Christians to be subject to one another and be submissive to one another in Ephesians 5, it is simply a reasonable and gracious command to let each other have the right of way and avoid interpersonal head-on collisions. This submissive thing, which gets such a bad rap, is probably one of the greatest tools that we have as believers for maintaining unity and strength as a group of believers, and not just as a group of believers in the church, but as husbands and wives, as parents and children, and as employees, employers, just as Paul lists in Ephesians 5 and 6. So I challenge you to think about this idea of submission, and how did God use it in Joshua's life, and how does God use it in your life? Thanks, and have a great day.